1: Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com, joined, as always, by our lead college football writer, Bill Bender at SportingNews.com. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening to this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for those of you watching on our YouTube channel at CFB Nation, if you have the time to leave a review on Apple, that would be great. Or if you have time to leave some comments and a like on the YouTube channel, that would be great. Thank you to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football information. They have a tremendous lineup of podcasts and great stories at irishbreakdown.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at BillTrochi. And keep an eye on the main sporting news account at Sporting News. Uh, We stand three weeks from week zero. It's getting really real. We were about to preview the Pac-12. But uh, rather than go on the field, we have to go off the field, Bill. Um, And I know that's uh, not what we want to be doing three weeks from the season.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
3: How can you preview a conference that might not exist in a week, Bill? I mean, that's, that's where we're at. No, I'm making a joke, sort of, but... Uh, <laughs> It's definitely tenuous times for the Pac-12, and so we might as well talk about what people love talking about, and that's more realignment.
1: I mean, I'm a fan of the Pac-12. I was thinking to myself what Pac-12 teams and games I have seen through through the years. I've never been – actually, I've been to Pauley Pavilion for a UCLA-Washington State basketball game, college basketball game. And I have seen I went to the Orange Bowl and Jim Harbaugh's final game at Stanford against Virginia Tech. And I've seen Oregon and UCLA and NCAA tournament games like, you know, first round games that did different sites, one in Nashville, one in Detroit. Um, so I don't have a ton of experience seeing the league, but, you know, I'm a big fan,
3: right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not because I grew up not like no, I'm kidding. I when you <laughs> grow up in Big 10 country, you grew up conditioned not to like the Pac-12 because USC or UCLA or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stanford was in the Rose Bowl. I I enjoyed Pac-12 football though. I enjoy staying up late and watching it. I enjoy and really enjoyed it last year. I mean, because of the the good games it put out there and I just see a conference that's on the endangered species list and I think a lot of it is some of it self-inflicted some of it is we'll get into it in this podcast and then we're going to play we're going to have a really
1: heated segment later which i can't wait for <laughs> are you talking about the blame game bill mm-hmm. blame game is on the list But oh, first, before we get into everything we'll kick it off with some trochi trivia in honor i guess in quotes of realignment and then we'll have the answer at the end of the show uh, you rebounded last week and got the trivia question. This one is going to be tough. Okay, mm-hmm. last time Colorado won ten plus games as a member of the Big Twelve was in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. They went ten and three, lost to Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. They had a very interesting season, but they they ended up losing to Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. They had qu- two quarterbacks split time that year. And they had two main running backs split time. Can you name either the pair of quarterbacks or the pair of running backs for Colorado? In 2003? One. 2001. 2001 team that made Ooh. the ball. Bowl. They upset Nebraska on the last day of the regular season, kept Nebraska out of the BCS championship game until they didn't because Nebraska snuck back in uh, two weeks later. So, yeah, yes. it's it's a challenging question, but the the quarterbacks each basically threw for I don't know, 1900 yards, I don't have it in front of me, but the uh both running backs ran for over 900 yards. So,
3: you realize you know, I was in college in 1, so there's like a a memory issue here. Maybe. Well, they, they beat
1: Texas in one of those Big 12 championship game upsets. Right. And then they landed uh, in the Fiesta Bowl. I'll,
3: I'll okay. see what I can come up with. That's All a tough right.
1: one, though. It is a tough one. So, But uh, you have a history of coming up big in the coaching Trivia Department. We'll see so, what I can come up with. To recap, for people who are listening to this and are not totally enthralled with realignment and what's happening in the Pac-12, the Pac-12 Commissioner, George Klavikoff, presented the media deal that... Has He's been negotiating for over a year on Tuesday. We are recording this Wednesday morning. I feel like we're in a 48-hour sort of lull right now. But to recap, uh, it looks like the the deal that Klavikov presented, the main carrier would be Apple TV, and then uh, the games would be on a special Pac-12 add-on subscription. So people would have to subscribe to Apple, and then they would have to additionally subscribe to the Pac-12 channel. The guarantee per school rumored to be about in the low twenties million per school. And then depending on how many subscriptions are sold, the money would go up from there. The feeling is that it would take an extraordinary amount of subscriptions to reach what the PAC Big 12, sorry, is offering per school, which is over thirty-one million dollars per team annually. So you got thirty-one million versus twenty million plus whatever subscriptions they get is the basic outline right now the arizona board of regents had a meeting shortly after the presentation yesterday and uh pete Thamel of espn said there were no immediate decisions expected the presidents and klavikov will have agreed to obviously meet again very soon to discuss the deal maybe going back to apple who knows um so those are the basic outlines. My first question, are you surprised at what the PAC 12 ended up presenting yesterday?
3: Um, no, because most of it leaked. There was a lot of national reporters did some good work. 24 uh, seven sports, Arizona writer did some really good work. And uh, obviously it's one of those deals where, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but Doesn't seem like a lot of money. Doesn't seem like a lot of TV revenue, um, you know, in terms of where are you going to find it? It's risky with a subscription-based thing with Apple. I know that's, I'm thinking about this, Bill. That's probably the future of college football in some ways. I get that. Um, But it's not, the networks have so much money and it's so hard to compete with, ESPN and Fox and ABC and CBS. And I just, it feels a little bit like PAC 12 will be hard to find out of sight, out of mind. And that's tough to sell in a group full of, even though it may streaming, may be the future on some level, it's tough to sell right now.
1: Yeah. So they, Apple as a whole of course of streaming deal with the MLS and almost all MLS games are now on Apple. And, Subscriptions skyrocketed, (laughs) but only when Lionel Messi decided to uh, transfer to Miami. And now that Messi is in the league, a lot of people are subscribing. I don't think it was a runaway success before Messi made that sort of unexpected decision. So that was a bonus for Apple right there. Ross Dallinger reported that the Pac-12 went back to NBC for the third time during these negotiations with a very low price, didn't say what it was trying to get NBC to, to buy in to a certain amount of games. NBC said, no, thank you. ESPN and Fox apparently will be able to broadcast some of the higher profile games as a partner with Apple, but the, the money would go to Apple and not to the schools, is what I understand. Um, this was where the Big 12 was really smart in their negotiations with Fox and ESPN, is that pro rata deal where if they added a Power Five school, ESPN would add thirty-one million dollars to the contract, which they would pass through to the school. So the big, the pie in the Big Twelve is not getting divided by ex, you know extra pieces taken out. It's not getting smaller for each school if you expand. That was very smart by Jormac to to do that. So I don't know. I, I the way. Klavikov presented himself in Las Vegas at the Pac-12 media days. It sounded like he had a fairly robust offer Mm. from somebody. We didn't really know who it was, but he was talking very confidently. But I thought the first indication was that Colorado bolted before they even saw the numbers. So they must have had a sense that the numbers weren't going to be great. And then they ended up not being great. So I was a little surprised, a little disappointed. I was hoping they would be fairly robust. And I thought, you know, if the Big 12, I mean, sorry, if Colorado wants to go to the Big 12, they're the worst team in the league. That's fine. They have history in the Big 12. That's fine. Ge- geographically, it makes sense for them. I didn't – this conference, the Pac-12 conference, could survive without Colorado as long as they had a decent media deal. But it turns out it doesn't look like they got, like they got one.
3: No, and – you know, I mean, the, the big thing is security. I mean, one thing that sticks out with me is Mike Gundy at Big 12 Media Day talked about how important it was for your mark to ensure the league's future through 2031. That might not seem like a big deal, but, you know, eight, nine years is now a very it's it might as well be 30 years in college football. Um, to have that kind of blanket security through the opening stages of the 12-team college football playoff era, that matters. And for somebody like Mike Gundy to say that, that matters to the school clearly. So yeah, it's it's not a good deal for the Pac-12. It's just some schools are going to have to stomach not making money and trying to get playoff access. But the reality is, and I asked you this question openly the other day, and I can ask it on here, it's like, I wouldn't consider the, the PAC 12 a power five conference with its current makeup. I would consider them more of a group of five conference or group of six. Uh, well, so let's be honest about it. It's like, you know, we say power five, group of five, to me, it would be power two, kind of power two, kind of not power two, which would be the American athletic conference and the PAC 12 group of four. I'm going to trademark that and get the t-shirts because <laughs> the, the ACC and the Big 12 will be the kind of power 2 now and then they're the next two. You know, then the, it's power 2 next two. Yeah. And and that's what the anybody can say, well, that's not true. Well, look at what the Big 12 looks like now. And you tell me that's anywhere close to the SEC or the
1: Big 10. Not at the top, certainly not. Um, that will you talk about security too? If the Pac-12 is smart, they will, this deal, which isn't great, that if they end up agreeing to do it, they're going to keep it short term so they can get back to market. Hopefully, when the market has turned back positively and media rights are going for big dollars like they have been for the past 10 years, I think Klavikov had a little bit of bad luck trying to negotiate in this and the Big 12 had good luck grabbing that 31 million just before there was a big downturn in the kind of the the TV market and the sports media market. And there's no competition right now between like everyone's set except the Pac-12. So they're sort of bidding against themselves right now. And and the TV entities realize that and they're, you know, they're not giving them a lot of money. So my guess is whatever deal that they do finally agree to is going to be short term so they can get back in the market fairly quickly. And that goes against your point of trying to establish long-term security. So the interesting thing is, is Arizona State, Arizona, and Utah all going to leave? Ross Dellinger at Yahoo Sports this morning had some interesting reporting saying that the Arizona State president has always been a an advocate, a strong advocate for the PAC-12, PAC-10, PAC when it was PAC-10 And he carries a lot of influence in the the Board of Regents room. The Board of Regents also prefer strongly that Arizona and Arizona State are in the same conference. And I think it has been presented that the Arizona president is more open to leaving than the Arizona state president. So it's kind of up in the air. Dennis Dodd had an interesting tweet that said none of the three corner schools remaining necessarily want to be the ones to leave and really contribute to the demise of the conference individually. If all three go, it kind of shares the blame a little bit. So I feel like it's 50 50 right now. I really don't know what's going to happen. Reading all the tea leaves, reading the reporting, reading the leaks, what do you think is going to happen? I'll put you right on the spot. I mean, it's so hard to predict, but I'll put you on the spot.
3: They'll leave. They'll leave. Like, Arizona and Arizona State will definitely leave eventually. Like, when you meet and the amount of money and, you know, like, can Arizona – Arizona will be the same football-wise in the Big 12 as they are in the Pac-12. Maybe even an opportunity to be better. Arizona State, same deal. Now, the recruiting in Arizona is not bad. I read Ari. Ari at the athletic he lived, you know, he's from out there. Like they have really good high school football in Arizona. And if you They're, go
1: problem for years is they haven't been able to sign any of those kids.
3: Right. But maybe if you're playing in the big 12, you can recruit into Texas a little bit and, and Jed fish a little bit bigger, bigger spotlight for Arizona state as well. I mean, I, I would go to the big 12 if I was both of them, Utah's kind of flexible too. I mean, they've had success in the pac 12, but they could move to the big 12 and be just as successful. Probably the only thing with Utah is probably going to feel a little bit like the mountain West conference all over again, because they'll be like, Oh, TCU they're back. Um, And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but TCU and Utah are two of the programs that have taken advantage of all the realignment. Not every school does those two did. And I think they'll leave. I, I think they'll leave and it just makes more sense for those schools to take the money And they can say they feel bad about the Pac-12 all they want, but you can at the end of the day, if you're any one of those schools, you can point to USC and UCLA and say
1: they did it first. So where does Washington and Oregon end up in your scenario? Um, You think they're gone. They don't really have an offer from the Big 12. They don't have an offer from the Big 10. They don't really have an offer from the ACC. That was lukewarm at best, according to Dellinger's reporting um where what happens to them well
3: there's what they should do and what they will do or and what what they should ha- what should happen and what i think will happen and what should happen is they should stay in the Pac12 they should stay they should convince utah arizona and arizona state to stay in the big Pac12 did i say big 12 the Pac12 they should all stay together they should add a couple schools like San Diego State and, you know, whoever else out of the Mountain West Conference, they should make a conference of 12. They should accept that the money's not great, but they can still get in the playoff. Washington and Oregon can still get in the playoff. The big problem with this theory, that sounds great, but Washington and Oregon want to be, I, you know, they don't want to be in a spot where we, we have to find them on TV. So what I think will happen ultimately, um, if the Big Ten wants them, the Big Ten could take Oregon and Washington. The Big Ten could take Cal and Stanford. They they could take four Pac-12 schools as a life preserver type deal, bring them in, have 20 teams. I don't know if it's good, but I think, you know, Oregon and Washington, if those three schools go to the Big 12, I think it makes sense for Oregon and Washington to just beg to get into the Big Ten, however they can get into the Big Ten. And then you have a West Wing. Then you have – and I looked this up – so. If you look at the 25 schools, power five schools, and Notre Dame, they have the best record in the college football playoff era. There's 25, right? The Big Ten has seven of those schools right now. Next year, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa, Penn State, USC, Michigan State. So you add Oregon and Washington on top of that, you have nine. You have nine of the best 25 quote-unquote power schools or whatever we're calling them going into the 12-team era.
1: Washington's in there.
3: Yeah, they're top twenty. I mean, they've been in the playoff. They've been in the playoff. They've been they had
1: some really bad years too.
3: They had some really good years with Peterson, and they were they, they, they're right on that fringe. So mm-hmm. Washington, mm-hmm. Oregon, these are just power five schools. So the Pac 12s three schools in that list are Oregon, Washington, Utah. And the so unless those three can get convince everybody else to stick together and create an alternative football source. You, you mentioned, I can't take credit for this. You said yesterday for Oregon or Washington to be like the Gonzaga of college football. It's a great analogy. Problem with it on the football side is Gonzaga gets a chance to prove it in the tournament every year. And they, they, Gonzaga is not even a mid major anymore. They can play in that West coast conference but they're a number one or number two seed every year based on a 20-year run of success.
1: So the decision potentially facing Washington and Oregon is to stay in the Pac-12, revised, revamped, watered down with less money, or beg to get into the Big Ten, which they would probably have to accept lesser share at this point than everyone else. So they're making less money and they're in a geographically challenged conference with Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State and USC. To me, they're not gonna sniff the playoff. They would be a favorite for the playoff in the watered down Pac-12. So that's something you gotta think about because you can make up some of the financial difference with playoff money. I don't know the specifics. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know what you get. I don't know how the revenue distribution would be agreed upon in the new Pac-12. I would think they would reward the better teams that make the Pac, you know, that would be the smart way to do it, trying to get guys, to, uh, the, the higher profile programs to stay. So that's kind of the decision that they would have to look at, right? I mean.
3: Well, I think Oregon would be fine. I mean, I've watched Oregon go into the big house and spank Michigan. And I've watched them. I was there a couple years ago when they went in, Ohio Stadium, and silenced the Buckeyes. You know, (laughs) like they're capable of being that kind of heavyweight in the Big Ten. Washington, I don't know. I mean, Washington's very good this year, and Washington's definitely taking steps to be that kind of program. And you know, so I think that would be their best play if the Pac-12 disintegrates. I think it is now. You could spell out. We spelled out like. Kind of a out of the box scenario where they go to the ACC, or an out of the box scenario. They're not going to the SEC. That's not going to happen. Maybe they go to the Big Twelve, and just continue that kind of merger of. So, like the other curveball is like, what if the Big Twelve takes Arizona, and then takes Washington and Oregon, something like that. I mean, all of. The, I don't think that's going to happen either. So, I just still think their logical play if the Pac-12 disintegrates is to go to the Big Ten. The problem with the reduced rate is, and you know this from talking to me over the years, like Big Ten fans still look at Penn State on level, some level as an outsider and Nebraska as an outsider. Wait till you're an outsider and you're taking less money. Then they're just going to look at you as like, why do we care what Washington and Oregon think? You, We threw you that lifeboat. So there is that risk as well. Um, but, yeah, I think those are the the most logical scenarios for the Ducks and the Huskies. Oh, blame I mean, game
1: time to play the blame. I'll oh, let
3: you go first. So I can, <laughs> yeah, you, you have your answer.
1: I, I have a column that will run. Should the poor pac 12 fall apart, which it seems like it's going to, I'm pointing the finger at Kevin Warren's decision to pursue USC and UCLA. As a counter punch to the sec acquiring Oklahoma and Texas. I did not think the Big Ten needed to pursue USC and UCLA, Thought if USC and UCLA stayed in the Pac-12, none of these other dominoes would have fallen. I don't think the Big Ten needed them. They had plenty of revenue. They had plenty of big-time programs already that can compete for national championships, and it disrupted the sport. It's not good for the sport. It's symptomatic of not having a college football commissioner looking out for the best interests of the sport. It's every man for himself. It's every school for themselves. It's every conference for themselves. And we're going to have a, overall a poorer sport because of the decision. The, the domino, the first domino to me was at USC and UCLA, left the Pac-12 in a tough spot. I thought the Big 12 kind of bounced back from Oklahoma and Texas leaving. I thought Oklahoma and Texas stayed in a reasonably regional conference. When they decided to go to the SEC, they wanted to leave. They were looking at the Pac-12, the SEC. Of course, they're going to try to get to the SEC. SEC said, "Come on in." And then you, the Big Ten. I felt like they felt like they needed to throw a counterpunch, and they did. And now you're seeing just conferences that are illogical geographically and potentially disappearing from the Power Five.
3: I mean, the Big Ten can share the blame. They're not. They're, how can you say that about the Big Ten? The SEC literally took the Big 12's heart out. Texas and Oklahoma. So it's okay for the SEC to rip the Big 12's two power brands out, and it's not okay for the Big Ten to do the same thing?
1: I don't feel like that's the way it played out. I that's feel exactly like the way it, it played out. I feel out. like Oklahoma and Texas were going to leave. They wanted to either leave for the Pac-12 or the SEC, and they pursued the SEC, and the SEC said yes. I, mean, I feel like, I could be wrong, but I feel like with the Big Ten actively pursued USC and UCLA. I don't know that UCLA and USC were looking around as much as Texas and Oklahoma were.
3: I mean, I would blame a lot of people. I think that there's <laughs> more than enough blame to go around. Hey, you can blame the SEC and Greg Sankey. You don't need Texas and Oklahoma. You've won all these national championships without them. Why do you need to take if you really, I talked to you about this yesterday, the sport has gone national when it thrives on being regional still, you know, like you, you didn't have to go get Texas and Oklahoma. You win the national championships. Now, you know, you're adding two schools that I think fan wise, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, we'll see in 10 years if they enjoy going to Florida and going to Mississippi state and going to, you know, the other side of that rivalry. So I blame the Big 12 25 years ago, or, you know, like I blame the Longhorn Network in Texas because that led to untrustworthy relationships with Nebraska. That led to Nebraska leaving. Nebraska left the big, for the Big 10. A&M left, Missouri left, Colorado left. None of the, and we have a piece at Sporting News talking about that where of those four schools, the only one that's kind of benefited was A&M who's Texas's sibling, so to speak, and they fight all the time, and now they're back in the same conference. So I blame Texas and the Longhorn Network. I blame Notre Dame for not just joining the Big Ten. Whoa. Yeah, I'll throw that out there. How about you join a conference full-time instead of talking about it and taking advantage of a five-game arrangement with the ACC and Notre Dame fans, and I know we're on Irish Breakdown, be like, well, we have a history. Nobody cares about 1910. Don't care about the squabble of 1910 when – when William Taft was president, I don't care. The Big Ten offered them in 1990; they could have taken it. They could say, "Well, that do- we're not a regional program." Well, nobody's a region. Ohio State's not a regional program either. They do just fine. Michigan's not a regional program. Notre Dame should be in the Big Ten. If Notre Dame, if the Big Ten had Notre Dame, they wouldn't have gone out and got UC- USC and UCLA. Most of all, Bill, though, I blame the Pac-12. I blame the Pac-12 for letting this happen. You know, they're the ones that made an environment such that USC and UCLA would leave. That should never have happened. They could have got Oklahoma and Texas. They could have got a better TV deal. They could have kept these schools together. But at the end of the day, we can blame whoever we want. It comes down to the 12-team playoff, money, corporate greed. And that's that's what's what's behind it. And for better or worse, whatever good things it creates, it has ripped that regionality out of the sport.
1: Now, you are planning on going to the Ohio state at Notre Dame game in September. Yeah. Sure to avoid any of our Irish breakdown listeners, because no. they're not going to be happy hearing that Notre Dame is the cause for all. Well, they're not season. the cause
3: of it, but they are a contributing factor. <laughs> like, and I will say, I mean, okay. And then I'll tell those people they say, this is a Notre Dame, Ohio state game. It is awesome. It would be awesome every year with a big 10 logo on your chest It's better than watching your five ACC games against Louisville, Duke, Florida State, whoever. You know, like you can't, and I'll ask any Notre Dame fan, including Brian Driscoll, who we talked to, and we've had this conversation, can't tell me Ohio State Notre Dame isn't awesome. Can't tell me Michigan Notre Dame wasn't awesome. Can't tell me Michigan State Notre Dame or Purdue Notre Dame wasn't awesome. And you could have it almost every year. Oh, and by the way, USC, who you like to fall back on that rivalry, they're going to be in the Big Ten. What if Stanford's in the Big Ten? Where are you going to be? Like, I, I think, but to me, mostly, it's just money and greed. It, yeah. it's, the, it's about money. It's about greed. It's about, and, and I get it, and it's about making a model that's more like the NFL when, and when you make something that's like, the difference between the NFL and the college football, the NFL is about money and greed, too. But
1: the NFL has a commissioner.
3: The NFL as a commissioner and the and NFL the
1: teams are not poaching. The AFC East teams are not poaching teams from the NFC South.
3: No. And when you watch an NFL game and you watch the NFL in general, it comes with an, if you are an NFL fan, it has to come with the exception of, yeah, this league's all about money and TV and greed, but you still watch the product because it's the best sports product in the world. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't watch a lot of soccer. I get that, but the NFL has the best sports product on the planet and college football is trying to catch on to that a little bit. And, you know, it's going to come at the expense of its soul. And this is what's happened, right? Like people, what it's kind of your next question, right? Is, is this good for the sport? I would say no, 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 not, not at all. Right. The fact that you're going to have to choke down a, let's Let's run down some potential matchups here in the future, like UCF versus Colorado is not going to excite people. Good for UCF. I mean, they, they made the trek up.
1: right, but they're in a league with people now on the West Coast potentially, which is just makes no sense.
3: UCF Utah, UCF, Arizona, Arizona, that's you know like this is, but for UCF, they'll say, yay, we got a seat at the big table." Right. Arizona, Hey, our our table seats a little bit better. Um, it's it's not as I don't know, though, we could get into the 12 team era and these 16 team conferences. And I know when USC plays Ohio State for the first time, I'll be pretty amped up about it. It'll be cool.
1: Um, so. Well, so you did a good analysis on SportingNews.com this week about how teams have fared when they have switched conferences, power five teams, power five leagues since 2000. What were your main takeaways from that?
3: Uh, Miami has, so one part of the exercise, I got to spell this out for listeners is we looked at say Miami, we're going to use Miami 2004. They joined the ACC. So we took their 19 seasons in the ACC and measured against 19 previous seasons. And we did that with all 15 schools that either moved to a power five conference by moving up or a lateral move. So Miami, 20 their winning percentage has been reduced by 25% as a program since joining the ACC. That's stunning. That was the most stunning find. Um, Of those 15 schools, only four have a higher winning percentage as a program since moving. And it was not the answers you would expect. It was like Virginia tech uh, Pitt, Texas A&M actually has a higher winning percentage moving to the SEC Uh, and Syracuse who, I mean, let's be honest, that's between
1: like three wins and four wins. So the Texas A&M, the dirty little secret is they were not good in the Big 12. Right. You and I talked about that.
3: They were kind of, I think Texas A&M has benefited from realignment from the standpoint that you and I probably spend a lot more time talking about Texas A&M than we would. And and a big part of that, and, and we will have a piece at Sporting News about this next week, is the Johnny Manziel thing. I mean, they came into the SEC. They got Johnny Manziel, who won a Heisman. He was literally the most polarizing football player. If we did a list of most polarizing football players in my lifetime, which is 43 years, he'd be right. One, two, maybe. Bosworth would be right there and a couple others, but he's in the top five. So, And we're t- spending a lot of time this year talking about Jimbo and Petrino. So they they have elevated the attention to the program. Yes. They like attention. The bad news for them is the program in college football that gets the most attention and likes the most attention of any program in college football is coming. And that's Texas. You thought I was going to, I could have said Notre Dame, but I didn't. I said Texas. So, um, but it was a fun exercise. It, it was right. a lot of, it's yeah. going to
1: be interesting to track all these new teams that are going to be added to that list. It's no longer just going to be 15. It's going to be in the 20s, and who knows how, how long. And the guess is Oklahoma, Texas, not going to work out. UCLA is not going to win more in the Big Ten than they are in the Pac-12. So UCLA,
3: Minnesota, you're going to have to choke that one down on a Saturday. Like, it's it's not great in some ways. But at the same time, you know, I've learned to have – Get older, I guess you have an open mind about these things and watch it. But I just can't help but think that the answer just comes down to Tim May, a friend of the podcast, Letterman row, Ohio State writer. He, I tweeted that yesterday. I was like, who to blame? Who's to blame for this? Right. And all the answers were Jim Delaney, Big Ten, um, Texas, SEC, everything we just ran down basically. And then Tim tweeted Gordon Gecko, and some guy tweeted, well, how, how, I don't. See the connection to an '80s movie character, and all I have to do is watch the movie and hear Gordon Gecko say "greed is good." That's the root cause of all this. It's greed. It's
1: it's, it's greed. Problem. It's lack of a commissioner. Yes, and it's that's you know, the problem. Right, right. So, all right, we shall return before we get out of here to the Trochi trivia question. As we discuss realignment, the last time Colorado won ten plus games as a member of the Big Twelve was in 2001 interesting year like i said they knocked off nebraska 62 36 in the last game of the regular season then they upset texas in the big 12 championship game which somehow got nebraska into the bcs championship (laughs) game and then uh they lost to oregon in the fiesta bowl they had two quarterbacks share duties they had two running backs share duties can you name either pair of the Colorado Buffaloes from 2001.
3: I think I can get one quarterback and
1: one running back. I okay. know one
3: of the running backs for sure is Chris Brown.
1: Yes, sir. Very I remember very
3: him because he was on my fantasy team, and then
1: he went on to a good NFL career. Who's the other? the, other, make I, the NFL.
3: Who's the other running back? No idea. Bobby
1: Purify.
3: I would not have got that. I don't. I, there's okay. guys on Twitter that would get that. I that was that's beyond me. Tuasi um, Tuasi Oh, oh my gosh. It's no,
1: it's not. not okay. No,
3: so the quarterbacks I'm gonna struggle on. I know Jewel Clack came later, so it's not
1: him. It's tough, I'm telling you.
3: Like, go ahead. So just
1: Craig Ox, I wouldn't have got that a million years, and Bobby Pesavento. No, yeah, that that, that this is a little. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. I did get Chris
3: Brown, so I'm I'm giving the myself. Funny thing is, it's a
1: memorable team. That was a memorable right. season. Those are some crazy things that they did, and they played in right. some high profile games. But yeah, I looked at those note those. I was like, whoa,
3: Chris Brown. I remember because I think he went on to the Titans and was yeah. a decent NFL running back. So
1: he was. Um, but yeah, I thought Bobby Purify. You might get Bobby. That was Purify. a tough lot.
3: Yeah, it it rings a very vague bell. But like I said, that was. Anything you get me on 99-02, there's a chance I was on Court Street instead of watching a college football game. So, uh, there, Or watching a college football game on Court Street, which I, I'll just leave it at that.
1: Which isn't a bad way to spend a Saturday. No, exactly. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to the CFB Nation all America Podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we will see you next week.